Hi, this is Doug Beecham. Thank you for joining me. We are continuing to study Hebrews chapter 4, and this is podcast 9 related to the study of the book of Hebrews. Uh, last, the last podcast, we were talking about how Jesus was completely tempted just as we are, and yet he never succumbed to fall to those temptations. But because he felt the full weight of the emotional, spiritual, physical, intellectual reality of those temptations, he is able to sympathize with us in our weaknesses. He understands what temptation does to us. Now, because Jesus is our high priest, sitting in the heavenly court, interceding for us, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. This is the fourth time in Hebrews 4 that the words, let us, have been used. It's used in 4.1, 4.11, 4.14. It's going to be used in 4.16. Let us come boldly. When we come to the throne of grace, we obtain, that is, we receive mercy. It's freely given to us because he fully understands us. We find grace. The Greek word is the root for the word eureka. Uh, eureka, we find it. We find grace. In fact, we may be surprised that we find it. We find grace at the throne of grace. Mercy and grace, the help in time of need. That is in a timely manner that we need. There are important lessons for us related to understanding the dynamics of temptations. Keep in mind that Numbers 13 and 14 stands in the background of Hebrews 3 and 4. The temptation Israel faced at Kadesh Barnea was a rejection of the promise, provision, and power of God. The Israelites, they were tempted by fear and doubt and failure to understand who they were as people called, delivered, and empowered by God. Aaron, as the high priest, was not able to sustain them in this crisis. Moses, as the lawgiver, was not able to rescue them. At the end of the day, every temptation we encounter is related to some weakness in ourself. Satan seeks to take advantage of those weaknesses, whether weaknesses of the flesh or of the spirit. All of us carry wounds of some kind, wounds of rejection, wounds of pride, wounds of abuse, all of which conspire to leave us vulnerable to those cheap and ungodly solutions to our wounds. We become ensnared in habits, and habits become addictions. We try to heal ourselves, but we cannot. Every effort of our self-justification leads right back to greater condemnation or worse, prideful avoidance of the reality of our condition. I want you to notice that that the this this word, the words translated in chapter four that begin with the let us, that let us is in the plural. That's important. It denotes that all of us are in this condition. And it also denotes that we need one another as part of what it means to come to the throne of grace. We obtain mercy, not only in an awareness within ourselves, but also by the fact that those we expect to condemn us when they discover who we really are, instead of condemning us, they give us mercy. These people, the brothers and sisters we have in Christ, 
where we find genuine Christian community. And, and that's a rare thing in many ways, to find a kind of person that you can fully open up with. In some cases, it may be a, a Christian counselor that you go to, that you can really open up and, and bear your soul and all of its failures and, and all of its habits and addictions and weaknesses, but that you, you come to a place where you, where you finally take the risk of saying to that counselor or to, or to that, the, that, that brother or sister in Christ who the Holy Spirit has sent to stand with you and you speak to them and tell them you won't believe. If you knew how really rotten I am, you would not want to be with me. And, and you open up and tell them and you discover they don't recoil in horror. Instead, they give grace and mercy. They love you. They hug you. They say, we are brothers and sisters in Christ together. They are the avenues through which the high priest Jesus ministers mercy and grace to his children. You need to remember, we need to remember, Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. We find grace through our brothers and sisters as we come together in worship, in confession, in the Word, and what Dietrich Bonhoeffer called life together. But you know, we can only obtain mercy and find grace as we are in healing, redemptive relationships. The more we hide from others and from ourselves, the further we drift from the throne of grace. There's something significant about what this means for Christian community. Christian community is not predicated on human perfection and accomplishment. It's predicated on Jesus' holiness, a holiness that is greater than any human version of holiness. Our versions of holiness become a throne of judgment rather than a throne of grace. We become judges of one another. We compare with one another. We circumscribe grace with demands and expectations. But we must also be warned of using the throne of grace as an avenue for cheap grace. We cannot presume to continue to live willfully in sin under an expectation that our brothers and sisters in Christ will excuse us because of our frailty. Rather, we come together to the throne of grace to find transformation. If we come to the throne of grace and leave exactly the same, something is amiss. We may have to come repeatedly for the same weaknesses and failures. Yet in many instances, little by little, grace does its transforming work. You know, this requires patience with one another. It requires honest confrontation. Note, I did not say condemnation. Honest confrontation with one another. It requires humility with one another. It requires a hope that only comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're coming to, an, to the end of chapter 4, but it's a really important series of things that have come out of chapters 3 and 4 about who Jesus is and about the nature of temptation, about what it is to listen to God's voice and not listen to other voices. I've observed that many Christians are afraid to go to a counselor. 
I hear this periodically from Christian ministers. Somehow, for those of us in the spirit-filled holiness communities, we think that holiness means we have to have some kind of perfection. Uh, and and, and we, we wear masks in front of one another. We think that being filled with the Spirit means that we don't need anybody's help. When in reality, being filled with the Spirit brings us into Christian community with other believers. We need one another. We need the strengths that one another has because your strengths are where my weaknesses are and my strengths are where your weaknesses are. There is nothing wrong. There's no failure of holiness. There's no failure of sanctification. There's no failure in the Holy Spirit for you and me as brothers and sisters in Christ to go to someone for help. It's amazing the number of ministers that are going through periods of of depression, feeling like a failure, maybe struggling with hidden sins or are feeling like a, maybe not so much a, some kind of a moral sin, but just just the sense of comparison that we do with one another. Your church is bigger than mine. My church is declining. I feel like I'm a failure. And it's amazing how the enemy seeks to come and destroy our lives. If we don't commit physical suicide, we commit professional suicide. We commit emotional suicide, psychological suicide. We, we, we die. We die the wrong way. We don't die to come alive. We die in the death of our own, our own lostness, our own self-will. I'm telling you, God has given people in the body, counselors, who know how to stand in the gap with you and me. It is not a failure spiritually for you and me to go for help. And it's at that place we will find ourselves taking the journey to the throne of grace. And at the throne of grace, we will find a merciful and faithful high priest who sympathizes with us in our weaknesses, who will speak truth to us. He will speak life to us. Remember earlier in chapter 4, His word is living and powerful, piercing right to the very place where all our wounds are and bringing the kind of healing, the surgical strike, if you please, that we need to be able to move forward in faith and to bring glory to the God who has called and redeemed us. Well, thanks for joining me and I look forward to entering into chapter 5 of Hebrews with you the next time we get together.